Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Toonami Therapy. Today on uh, November 4th of 2022, as always, I am Michael. I'm Tommy. Yes, we have not changed our names since the <laughs> last time. Um, so yeah, there was no Toonami last week. They just showed uh, some rerun stuff. So we decided that, well, since they're going to show Made in Abyss Season 2, and everyone kept saying, oh, you really need to see this movie or read a synopsis of the movie. Either one is fine. Uh, you, the point is you need to know what happens in it in order to understand the next season. That uh, So we did watch it. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be talking about it uh, at the end of the anime discussion stuff, though, because first we've got some of the, the, well, the stuff that we, that's not on Toonami that we've been watching, so I, I guess we'll just go through those then. Yeah, uh, could you remind me of what the uh, schedule is for this next week? Um, isn't, if I remember correct, let, I'll double check on that, but if I, you mean for, um, the Toonami. tomorrow? Toonami. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. I remember correctly, they have My Hero Academia reruns first. <laughs> um, although apparently, well, I'll get to that in a sec. Uh, so okay. we've gotten, uh, that, which is at where, uh, housing complex C aired. Then they, uh, dang, was it made in abyss that they had after it? Or was it Yasha Hime? Let me just, uh, I'm pulling it up right now to check. Um, All right, so we have. Oh wait, I'm still not looking at the. Ah, I should have found. I should have um, got, found a quicker way to find at this. Oh wait, that's that's weird. Why is this? Hmm. Okay, screw it. Uh, this this <laughs> side I'm trying to look at is being um wonky. Let me check another one quick. Why don't you just check that email I sent you? Oh no, I was I was at that that was one of the, I was gonna um check a place where I know it was posted. Originally, I was trying to check the TV guide. Here we go. Yeah, we got it right here. I did. Um, someone. It's okay. I apologize, everyone, for the slowness of that stuff. So we've got the My Hero Academia rerun, then Made in Abyss, then Yashihime, then one episode of One Piece. And then after that, there's Naruto Shippuden and uh, Primal reruns. And okay. then after that, because we've got Daylight Savings Time, they've got two more episodes of uh, Primal. <laughs> so does, it just... al does it always have to be named Gendy's Tavakvapsi's Primal? That's what. That's literally on the little image that Tsunami posted. Yeah. Uh, and stuff. Yeah, it says Jendi Tartakovsky's Primal. I, they they <laughs> they always do that. They can't just say Primal. It's Jendi Tartakovsky's Primal. <laughs> okay. So that's what we've got. A little surprised uh, that they put. Um, I mean, I guess it's pretty late in either case, but it's a little surprising they put Made in Abyss. Uh, at the earlier one than Yashihime, considering one is presumably much more, I guess, uh, mature than the other. Um, 
well, I, I mean, outside of, you know, a bunch of the uh, genitalia jokes it makes, but we'll get to uh, that. Yeah. Um, so that's the schedule, yes. And what I was going to say about My Hero Academia is apparently they're not starting at the beginning. So season six is the new one that's airing now. This is season five, but apparently it's near the end of season five. So I, I we've only got it. So there will be only a few episodes before it runs out. So there's been some speculation. Maybe it'll be going into season six, but if that's the case. It's a little weird. They didn't just announce that ahead of time saying we'll show a few reruns, then get season six. So mm-hmm. maybe, uh, I, I, the fact they're doing it like that indicates they have something planned, but they just haven't said what it is yet. Uh, so who knows? It could be, uh, well, I'm, I'm not even going to speculate. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now, uh, once, now that we've gotten rid of, of that rant, um, us getting off top, well, I guess it's on topic, but mostly me trying to find something and messing it up. Uh, so we've got episode 11 of Licorice Recoil. So we've got to, um, so yeah, so uh, I can't, I can't, I, I can't remember some of these people's names, but basically Majima sets it, the bad guy sets it up so that, um, he's able to get security cameras of, you know, various licorice people going around and making it look like they killed a bunch of people, which they actually didn't. And now he's announcing, Hey, this is what's go actually going on. It's all the people wearing these uniforms because actually they've got kind of a, he actually, it is, does seem kind of dumb to have them all wear those uniforms everywhere. <laughs> You'd think they would like, I mean, I guess it's a way to recognize each other, but even when you're not on missions, why are you doing that? Because that causes, you know, one who's just randomly around there to get noticed by everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do that. Then, um, so Chisato ends up going over to find um, Majima because he had, was, was it, was it Yoshimatsu? That was his name? Yeah. Um, and, but then he gets apparently killed, I think. Anyway, so Chisato and Majima fight, but he turns off the lights because, well, her superpower abilities don't work in the dark and what he can hear. But then, um, Takina shows up at the end. Also, there is some other stuff we saw with the other characters, including Walnut, because, well, they weren't actually completely written out yet. And that <laughs> as, is, as usual, my very jumbled not great description yeah so um chisato has this super ability to be able to dodge bullets which um seems a little extreme you know like i mean how how would you be able to um hurt her if she's able to you know have those type of reflexes you know and and I guess he tried to do that by turning the lights off but talking about showed up to save her which wasn't very surprising um, <laughs> um 
So how many episodes are left? Uh, two. Two? Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, I, I thought it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was... I, I, I definitely... I don't know. For I'll be honest. For some of the series, I got kind of confused and was unclear about. Okay, so we got the bad guys, but what are the bad guys? How do these all fit together? But I'm I'm getting it now at least because he's just like I just want to expose them to everyone, which it seems he's managed to do to some extent. So we'll oh. see where. Hmm. What? Oh, I thought you started to say something. Um. Oh, yeah, the other comment I had is Walnut's oversized shirt where it's just covering up her hands. That reminds me of... Did you ever watch Codename Kids Next Door, the cartoon? No. Oh, it was actually pretty fun. Uh, but one of the characters um, had, like, always wore her shirts like that. So, oh, where it was just covering her hands. And, yeah, that was a fun um, show that's actually on Boomerang. And I, like, re-watched a little of... And I'm like, yeah, this show, it, it kind of stand. it still holds up. I just, uh, I, I liked the fact there was even some continuity in episodes, although that didn't really start till the end of the first season. But yeah, it was a fun show. Anyway, but that, that was my comment on Licorice Recoil. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of at a con uh, doing a costume of Majima. I think that would be a pretty cool costume to do. Hmm. Okay, so then we'll move on to uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean episodes five and six. So let's see. So JoJo, so they seem like they got out of the thing, except uh, and Jolene saying, "Hey, you should use Star Platinum," and Jotaro's saying, wait a minute, how do you know the name of my stand? I never told you. This must be a dream. Except. In the dream, she learned, like, the name of the stand. So, I mean, he's right. It does turn out to be a, another dream. But, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe the implication we're supposed to just assume is, well, he reached the right conclusion, but, in the, but, in a, for, but with bad reasoning. Uh, anyway, they managed to get out. Jotaro's uh, basically saying, okay, we're going to escape. Um, the bad, they end up still having to fight the bad guy and another bad guy, uh, cause there's two stands they're dealing with. The other of which, not the one from, uh, what was his name? John Galley or, just, uh, John Gallier. John Gallier, right. That was it. And, uh, well, his name doesn't matter cause he dies. <laughs> so. That, that a useful that all it's always a useful thing when a character dies you don't have to remember their name um anyway he manages to apparently steal uh Jotaro's stand and, um through his own ability and maybe something else it, like maybe some kind of life force from him so Jolien manages to get out with him but then decides that, but then because Jotaro apparently is dead, even though he does, he only suffered a bullet wound. <laughs> the series almost says that it's just like, but it didn't hit like any vital organs. Well, one bullets can totally kill you without doing that. But this is Jojo, so if it doesn't hit a vital organ, it 
pretty much does mean you're totally fine. Uh, so then she actually decides that since the bad guy, whoever it wa was, didn't decide, wasn't leaving the prison, it must mean there's something they need there, and she wants to get back what it took from Jotaro, so she, I assume, just leaves his body somewhere and goes back in and then gets re, um, captured, and then John Gallier, uh, gets killed off by the real bad guy, who we don't know yet, uh, I inadvertently kind of spoiled myself on it, but I don't, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, there's that, I don't know who that character is, so hopefully I'll forget by the time they're actually introduced if it's supposed to be a spoiler. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was the first episode. Um, did you want to discuss, since the two episodes were kind of pretty distinct, do you want to talk about that one first and then move on to the other? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I found this to be extremely confusing and, um, I, I don't know, this episode got me back into where I was during part five, where everything was so confusing, trying to keep up with all these different stands and, I, I don't know. I just, I kind of, uh, I, I, I wasn't able to keep up with it. It's getting too convoluted. At the beginning of this season, everything was straightforward and it was very simple. But now we're like uh, coming up with all these new stands and all these new abilities and stuff. And I'm, I'm just wondering. How are they going to make it so that I can understand what the actual plot is? Because right now, I don't know what the plot even is. Well, as from what I could understand, okay, so there's two bad guys, one of which is John Gallier. John Gallier's stand was, well, he's dead, so it doesn't matter, but... Uh, basically it, it, it let him like fire, it, it helped let, it reflected bullets for him so he could shoot people. And the other one, its abilities are less clear. It seems to have had that dream ability, uh, thing. And it also is able to, uh, take things like stand abilities and maybe memories and things from someone by extracting them as CD ROMs, uh, which kind of dates the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, this 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 originally did come out uh, like in 2000 to 2003 i think mm -hmm. um so we got that uh and that guy still is around and uh he seemed to have gotten jotro's like stand power but it was a little unclear about whether he like was able to absorb it or not if if he has it i don't know how you can beat him considering time stop is like really good but yeah, so, but we don't know what he's really after, so that's something that, I mean, you know, that's supposed to be the mystery. Well, is Jolene out of jail or not? N no, she's, um, she's not. Okay, because I was com really confused about that in this episode. Okay, so then we move on to the next episode, which was about Hermes, who's, uh, 
that that wo other woman that I think we met in the first episode or two. Anyway, she got a stand also, which is about stickers. Um, I mean, last season we had a guy whose stand power was the ability to punch things and make zippers appear, so... Uh, which apparently gives her the power to, when she hits something with the sticker, it duplicates, and when he, she takes the sticker away, it replaces it. It the the duplicate disappears. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of crazy ways that ability is going to get used over the course of the series. Like like you saw how much the zippers got used for. Yeah. So, uh, basically, she has that and gets out of the um infirmary because she got hurt earlier and has been gone until now um ends up basically one of the other prisoners like this janitor one guy gets he gets a victim of that stand that apparently takes away his memories of where he put money or something but she does find the cd-rom anyway the other the janitor guy is, is apparently so he apparently got a stand somehow except his stand is apparently that whenever he suffers damage it hits her which is bad because he's pretty suicidal so she keeps having to stop him from doing um that and um then manages to uh and so basically the episode is her trying to deal with that ultimately manages to get the to i can't remember exactly how she does it but she manages to get like this disc thing from him that removes the stand ability so he's no longer a danger to her and uh yeah that's our episode mm -hmm. yeah the whole thing about stand users being drawn to each other which they're like no one knows why <laughs> so that plot point was introduced in season in like sorry part four and they have gotten so much mileage out of that as an explanation yeah why, why do they keep meeting each other well it's just they're just attracted to each other yeah uh yeah any thoughts on this episode uh I thought it was a little better than the one before. Hmm. I think I liked the first one a little more than this one. This one, it was okay, but I didn't think it was quite as interesting as the other ones. The the the, the bat, uh, guy's ability was just kind of like, oh, if you take damage, I'll it'll hurt you. Which uh, that was um actually that was Heden's power from Naruto, but he had the advantage <laughs> that he was basically immortal, so. Um, mm -hmm. so that was this whole like thing. Hey, I'll make it so my damage goes to you and then I'll hurt myself and you'll die. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, we got that. It, uh, was kind of weird to have this episode about, you know, a guy being like suicidal like that. Yeah, um, that was a little disturbing. Mm. I was, like, thinking that she was originally just going to, like, give him back the CD that had the memories of where he put his money, and that would, like, you know, make him totally fine. But uh, they went a different way instead, I guess. Mm. And, uh, yeah, she got, uh, so Ermes' stand is uh, named Smack. Well, originally it was named Kiss, but, you know, you gotta <laughs> change everything, so it's Smack. Um, okay, and, uh, yeah, that was, uh, 
Jojo. Um, guess we can go to Spy Family, episode yep. 14. So, um, the, uh, the bad guy uh, manages to get away with one of the dogs um, still and is planning to execute his uh, plan. Uh, Anya finds out, though, that through... Bo- uh, the, oh, wait, I, I shouldn't... Oh, screw it, I'll just, uh, I shouldn't say... I don't know. Do you want me to tell you the name of the like main dog character? They haven't given it to him yet. No, I'll, I'll wait to find out. Okay, so he Anya reads his uh, mind, and uh, because she and he can see the future, of course, and uh, finds out that Lloyd gets killed through a bomb. So they have to go to um, try to stop to prevent that by going to the place that ha- the, the bad guy's place which they rigged with a bomb which she doesn't have any idea how to disarm um, where you, where, uh, so she tries to put she uses ketchup to try to put a warning thing except it's really bad and it almost doesn't work when Lloyd and the other guy sees it mm-hmm. but it does manage to still stop them um, so they get uh, saved um, so Lloyd saved from that bomb at least. Meanwhile, he has to go, uh, the bad guy is still using the dog because he has that plan to, I don't know, well, yeah, it was like to have it carry the bomb to the, uh, government guy. I can't remember his exact position. So then through convoluted stuff, Lloyd pretends to be that guy to draw uh, to him. There's some chase stuff. And then at the end, it looks like um, Lloyd is uh, going to have to shoot the dog to uh, not, not, the, not the future seeing one, the other dog uh, to um, stop it. And which is, I guess, the cliffhanger. That dog would totally die in Jojo. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode, especially uh, the part about Anya using ketchup to put that warning on the door mm-hmm. and them figuring it out. That was that was a pretty uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting um, twist there. Mm-hmm. And um, and and then. Then, then Lloyd figured it out. Or, or what's his what's his real name? Is his real name Twilight or Lloyd? Um. So, his the name he's going by in the series is Lloyd. We his we don't know his like real name, but his code name is Twilight. Okay. Uh, we we do not know like his original name. There's later on in the manga. There's even a flashback thing like to when he was younger, and we still don't find out his actual name. <laughs> um, yeah. One thing uh, I will say. Well, I mean, maybe the dog can't see the future that perfectly. But I was just thinking, you know, Anya could actually, if she, if it was able to see it like better. It, it, Depending on how well it could have seen it, if she can read its mind, she could have disarmed the bomb just by looking, just by having it see the futures that caused the bomb to explode, and therefore cutting the wires that don't cause that. Mm-hmm. Which uh, 
yeah, there was this uh, book series I read, Alex Veris, um, V-E-R-U-S. Uh, it was a kind of fun urban fantasy series. It's about this guy this who can see the future, and it was interesting some of the ways he would use it, like, you can fig like he could figure out passwords just by looking into the future to see which password would actually get him into like a computer, mm-hmm. like which future that was, and then just use that password. Some of that stuff was kind of, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So there, yeah, there were some funny bits here with uh, Anya, like where she doesn't know how to tell time. Uh, her mm-hmm. kind of bad way of warning. I was thinking you could have just written bomb or something instead of no and uh, <laughs> attempted a bomb that looks like a pineapple. But mm-hmm. I mean, she's six or whatever. Um, speaking of which, I've mentioned that I kind of like like her sort of child way of talking. Unfortunately, it does make it sometimes hard to actually understand what she's saying. Yeah, I agree. I thought the same thing, actually. Hmm. So, yeah, this was another fun episode. Okay, um, I guess we can give, uh, before we talking to about the Made in Abyss movie, um, I guess we can give a top three. There were well, three shows that we watched. Though. Well, I, I was going to include Tale of Made in Abyss as... Oh. The movie? Part, oh. Yeah, as part of the top three. Oh, so. I, didn't, I didn't even think of how I might want to um, put that in there. Um, well, I guess we'll get to that later. I guess we can talk about the movie. So yeah. we're obviously going to be giving some spoiler stuff for this. Um, but, well, I mean, I guess that was kind of a given. I, I guess if someone... But we're not going to, like... If you if you aren't able to watch the movie but you want to know what happens between seasons, you should just like like there's a just there's a quick there's a description of the plot like you know on the um list on the episodes uh the Wikipedia list of episodes for Made in Abyss they've got like a, a entry for the movie uh the Made in Abyss wiki has like a lengthier thing on everything that happens in the movie just read one of those but. If you really want the quick one, this is the important stuff that um, happens. Um, let's see. Uh, we find out that Rico's mother's white whistle, which is necessary to get to some place, wouldn't work for her because it has to be coding to you, her. But that's fine because she gets a white whistle anyway. Um, a bunch of trauma, uh, some stuff with that brown dread or what? The guy, the guy who was uh, we saw at the end of the previous. Um, season in Nanachi's flashback as kind of being the one who was doing the experiments on kids that caused Nanachi to uh, turn into the the furry um, thing. And um, yeah, he, uh, he shows up and gets kind of defeated. He's at least not a threat any uh, more. Um, so they end up with a kind of cute little new pet character. Uh, mascot and um, some really traumatic stuff happens to them. So, um, <laughs> so I, I guess maybe that'll in- inform things going on word for any future trauma. Cause from everything I heard, yeah, the, the trauma is going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically all the really important stuff that happens. That's like the stuff I think you would probably need to know. Now I haven't seen season two, so maybe there's stuff in the movie that I left out that's important, but I think that's all the important stuff that happens in um this. So 
Yeah. Okay. So what, yeah, do you want me to give my opinion on it? Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I actually like it. I mean, I I was never big on Made in an Abyss, like, the the whole season. And I, I looked at my top three thing, and it made second place one time. Never was higher than third. So I'm like, yeah, this... I didn't remember liking it this much, but this this uh, movie was actually very entertaining. And um, aside from a few things that I wish I would have never had to <laughs> see, but um, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty good movie. And I thought it did give some good character development especially of Nanachi, who kind of just showed up at the very end and wasn't really, you know, a main character until near the end. So I like Nanachi mainly because uh, it's a furry and uh, it's voiced by the same person who voiced Rimuru from that time I got reincarnated as a slime. And the voices kind of sound familiar. So, yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't also, I also do think that despite some definite issues, I feel it was an improvement over the first uh, season. Because the first, so, actually, I should say something quick. I, I don't even know if I said the title. This is Made in Abyss, Dawn of the Deep Soul. This is the one that takes place between the seasons. The other two movies are actually just compilation stuff of the first two seasons. Sorry, of the first season. So, uh, I haven't... I, oh, man, I meant to look at them. I don't know if it's literally just taking clips from those seasons and putting them together, or if it's new animation. I think it's just clips um, mm -hmm. and stuff. I know it's not, I, I mean, it's not like just a recap. I mean, it is a recap, but it's it's not like, you know, oh, this happened, then this happened, this. They, like, take the stuff and put it together um, in that. And there is some editing stuff also in those. So, uh, you know, some things are, like, trimmed or cut. And considering that the perpetually big complaint we had about the first season was the pacing, especially mm -hmm. early on, it yeah. makes me think that, Maybe if you want to wa know what happens in the first season, watching the movies might be better because uh, it, 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 like I said, I, I haven't seen these. I maybe the pacing, maybe they cut out like stuff that was important and all the boring stuff was still there, but at least sounds based on what I was looking at. It seems like that might be a better paced one than the, the TV version was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, so back on to this um, episode. But yeah, like stuff happened. It was, I wonder also if maybe it helped that it was in movie form. Because if this had been in a TV show, if we were watching, if this was divided up into, um, how long was this movie? Um, this would have been around, um, yeah, this would have been like maybe five, six episodes. Yeah, that was going to say that, yeah. It probably would have been better. Uh, sorry, it, it, seeing it all in once like this seems like it might be might have worked uh, better. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it it's a little. I I kept seeing all these people saying, "Oh man, this you know it goes 
it's really like uh dark and you know traumatizing and honestly i i don't know if this says something bad about me but for the most uh-huh. part i was just kind of like oh yeah okay i this wasn't nearly as bad as people made it sound um i was honestly it was i was much more disturbed by the amount of focus the uh the movie was paying was was making and continually referencing Reg's, uh, well, like I said, genitalia. <laughs> There's like multiple stuff. Like it gets referred to multiple times when they talk about how it gets bigger sometimes. Yeah. There's the part where he's being held captive and they're taking urine samples and they make sure, you know, you don't see it cause it's covered by like the tube, but still that was very, you know, I was thinking, man, that would, you didn't need to have that. I, I, and I kind of wonder sometimes with this series how much more weird some of that stuff might have been in the manga. Because I know in at least some places the TV series like toned down on things. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if the movie did that also or not. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the stuff I was talking about, that was like in the first season also i was looking at some like checking on some stuff and i was seeing people saying oh yeah they they were meant they were doing that sort of weird thing even at the end of the with reg at the end of the first season which i completely forgot about but honestly a a lot of that season was kind of a blurring the end for me Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was uh that but for the the other stuff, but yeah, I, could, I guess I could see someone maybe getting some stuff squeamish. There are some scenes, especially, that were kind of... I don't know what the right word for it is. I keep, like, saying traumatizing, but I'm not sure exactly. I don't want, like, gruesome, I guess? Yeah. Um... Yeah. Um... And there's some other, like, things I could uh, talk... I could maybe be a little more critical of. It seemed weird that they, I was confused about why, um, oh, what was his, I need to double check. I, they said it so many times and I still can't remember it. Like brown dead, brown dread, something like, um, that, oh, bond druid, druid, I can't even, I can see how it's written and I can't remember how it's pronounced. Yeah. Was it Bondreed? Bondrew? Do you remember? Drood, Drood, I thought. Okay. That's what I thought, but I might be wrong. Okay. Bondrood, uh, like, so we find out, you know, that he's been basically taking kids and essentially, you know, like, literally, like, dismembering them and stuff because it makes specimens that he's able to use to survive the curse of the abyss. You, you know, that thing that hits you whenever you try to, like, ascend. Um, mm-hmm. And, that, and he, then he does it, of course, to his, well, kind of semi-adopted daughter, um, who, uh, uh, and... It's weird that he does that because it kept making it seem like he was like, even if he was a bad guy, he was at least trying to foster love for him for something. And the implication I thought was that he was planning to, um, and he was saying some stuff about how that might've been what caused Nanashi to, you know, not be killed, but, but turn out the way they, um, did and getting all furry i thought like he was thinking that if he did that then he could do the same thing to his sort to um his sort of uh, another 
another Prushka, Prushka. Prushka, yeah. Yeah, that to her, and then that would affect her, but then it's like, no, I, I guess he just did all that stuff and then just chopped her up like the other kids. So it was kind of, it kind of was confusing as to what he was actually trying to do with um, her then. Um, and yeah, there's some other, um, stuff. I don't, but I won't be going, I don't want to be doing too much complaining about something that honestly was, again, some of the weird sort of fetish stuff aside, which Uh really just, it just feels so distracting in the show. It's like when, when, like Game of Thrones, where you would have like this complicated plot with all these characters and political stuff. And then, you know, every episode they would like make sure to just stop everything for a few minutes so they can get like some nudity stuff in. Uh, I remember a dir- one of the directors for an episode, he said literally he was told by a producer that he should be doing more of that in the episode and said it was a very surreal experience. Um, I, that was uh, so. So yeah, so yeah, I I could have done without some of that stuff in, um, made in abyss. But yeah, other than that, for my criticisms, stuff happened. Mm-hmm. There there was much better of a plot. The pacing was better. This was definitely I I kind of went into this thinking, well, you know, I'm not that into the series, but if they're showing another season, I might as well watch this and. Uh, and at the end, I was like, yeah, okay, I've still got some problems with this series, mm-hmm. but I've, um, but at least I am more interested in seeing what happens in the next season. Yeah, I agree too that um, this has made me actually interested in season two. So uh, I thought it was a good choice you had to have us watch it. Yeah, I, although. It is it, for people who didn't. It, it is always annoying when they do a separate movie because I mean I'm sure in Japan it's easier, but like in the U.S. It, it's like kind of a more separate thing. At least with, like with Demon Slayer, they had the, they did the thing where they took the movie and then they chopped it up into several episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, or in the case of Dragon Ball Super, they took the movies, they um, adapted them, and put in a crazy ton of extra padding. Um, yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah, how long were those, how long, how many episodes did it take to get, like, seven episodes for one of the movies or something? From what I recall, I, I, because I did some calculations, I might be a little wrong, but I seem to remember that for the movies, effectively what they would do on average was they would adapt five minutes of a movie into a full episode. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Let's, uh, let me just take a quick, um, look so I can, uh, get the, the numbers on it. Um, all right. So they, the first arc on Dragon Ball Super was, uh, based on, the Battle of the Gods movie. That one lasted, let's see, I think the first, uh, yeah, I can't, let's see, that that was, um, that was about, um, eight, 
it's listed as 18 episodes, but if I remember correctly, the last few of those like weren't really stuffing the movie. It was just kind of like more filler in between the arcs episodes. So I think that was more like 16. So that was about 16 episodes. The movie, uh, the expanded special edition was 105 minutes. Mm-hmm. So they took 105 minutes and made it into about um, 16 episodes. Wow, that's impressive. And with Resurrection F, that was um, nine episodes uh, in the move in the TV show, and that movie was 94 minutes. So that one, I think, might have been a little. Uh, better, but still, that was they still like were going. They, they still obviously were doing a bunch of extra padding to make it uh, to you know reach that amount. That this is why I've said it before, and I guess I'll say it again. If you want to get into Dragon Ball Super, just watch the two, just watch the two movies, and then go into the stuff that takes place after them, because you're you're just gonna because if you watch the movies instead of the show it just means you'll be getting a better paced experience yeah yeah you've said this before and i thought it made a lot of sense so yeah just watch the movies skip the two seasons or whatever it was it's it's the first 27 episodes i think if i remember correctly episodes seven you might want to see episodes 17 and 18, I think, have some relevance. Um, but, um, no, I, I think, I no, I, I was a little wrong. It was episodes 1 to 14 that were the first movie, not 16. It, there, were, there were more episodes between, just, I don't know, if you really need to know, you can look it up some, um, uh, place I'm sure but that would be the suggestion to watch the movies instead of the episodes mm-hmm. all right so that's made in abyss and we'll have season two coming to us for next week we'll be going right into it um, mm-hmm. we'll see if it's as emotionally traumatizing as a lot of people um made it sound although then again, I saw, again, for this movie, and for that matter, the end of the previous season, I saw all these people saying, oh man, it was so traumatizing um, to me, and I was just like, I don't know, I just kind of thought it was just, I mean, maybe it was because I was just kind of bored by the series, so that by the time uh-huh. that stuff happened, um, I wasn't so interested, but uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what it, um, how it goes, and uh yeah, I think I talked a lot more about that than I was expecting to. Uh, okay, top three. Yeah. Okay, so for third place this week, I'm giving it to Licorice Recoil. Um, second place this week will be Spy Family, and... I have to give Maiden Abyss the number one spot. I know it's kind of uh, unfair because it had a whole movie as opposed to everything else, but I make the, my own rules on the top three things, so Maiden Abyss it is. Okay, so for me, I would uh, I would order them a little 
differently. I would put Made in Abyss in third, uh, JoJo second, and Spy Family first. And if you someone wants to say, well, you shouldn't count the Made in Abyss movie, well, I mean, you can do the math and figure out what would swap for it in third place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we now have... Um, yeah, that's all our um, uh, anime stuff, uh, unless there's something else to talk about. Mm. No, no, just Amazing Race. Okay, so we'll just move on to that then. Um, all right, so we've got the, what was this, like episode seven or something? Um mm. Yeah, so we had this episode, um, the same team, uh, let's see, the team that got last place in the previous one got last place here again. Yeah, it was very anticlimactic. They got into a car wreck, and once that happened, we knew, we were like, okay, they're they're just going to... They're going to edit it to make it look a little closer than it actually is, but we knew they were out of it once that happened. And uh, I thought uh, the the I really liked the medieval games detour because all that stuff is survivor stuff. So they do that in like every episode of Survivor, half the land land sandbags on a target or have to maneuver a ball through a very tight thing. They do that every episode on Survivor, something like that. So uh, I I really enjoyed watching the medieval games. It wasn't as fun watching people screw a little, uh, what was it, a walnut? Um, yeah. Into the, yeah, so... That wasn't that fun to watch. The medieval games were more fun to watch. I found it was interesting because when one team tried them and they decided, oh, this is too hard and quit, and then the other team, and well, only two teams, I think, did it. One was, of course, the last place team, so we just saw a quick montage of them doing it. And mm -hmm. uh, the other team that did do it, they suggested, and they kind of had a point there, that... If you just go in the first um one, you're all gonna probably take about the same amount of time. So this might so going with this one maybe a little more of a gamble, but could work. So yeah, it. I can't remember. Did they did they actually move up uh, uh like as a result of that? Because they mentioned something about it, and that's how you get past other teams. But then they didn't they only get like uh, third place. But then I think they also had some got into some navigation difficulties. I was just curious how much if at all they did benefit from taking the other detour. And it was harder to tell because it kept because you know then they ran into other issues afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it was harder to tell. And I one of the things I haven't liked about this season is that there's like way too much of people getting lost and not knowing where they're going and I kind of prefer the challenges more because the challenges can the challenges 
can be very funny. They can be, you know, very fun to watch. But watching someone trying to read a map, I mean, that that's just not that interesting. So, um, yeah, I I don't know why it seems there's so much more of that going on this season. Uh, it doesn't really seem to have anything to do with COVID. So uh, I'm not sure, but that's kind of the way the route they've decided to go in editing this season. So uh, there we are. I've also noticed this season they've been they've had a lot of memorization challenges. Yeah, there was a one where they had to listen to the uh, to the doctor give the uh, like you know give the lecture about the body parts, and then they had to uh, you know fill the meaning stuff. Uh, was that one a detour or a road? Yeah, that was a detour, right? Um, they, that was a choice. And then there was the uh, one with the Arabic alphabet. And then there's this one now also. So that's like three already this season where that we're just relying on you memorizing something. And that seemed more than in previous seasons, which, you know, would usually have some, but not quite like to this extent, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's see. And yeah, a bunch of teams did seem to be having trouble navigating around. So I don't know, maybe... Are um are like French roads more confusing, <laughs> or maybe what are like the rules for being able? I I, I assume because they're always looking at maps, so I assume they aren't using GP. They can't use GPS or anything. Yeah, I assume that too. Maybe people are just more used to um GPSs because, like, I, I I'll be honest. I, I, if you gave me a map, I wouldn't be, I would have a lot of trouble, um, reading it. I just take my GPS and that tells me where to go. Oh, I'm, I'm the worst person in the world with directions. I mean, you can give me the simplest set of instructions of where to drive and I guarantee I'll get lost. I get lost all the time and, uh, I'm not very good even with, GPS, I'm not very good. So uh, if I don't have someone helping me out, then I'm almost guaranteed to get lost. Well, I just remember when I was younger, whenever our um, our, our uh, the the my our parents like went someplace, one would always you know have a map and stuff, and would be looking at um things, and no, we don't just don't ever. And then later on, I remember we would, you know, use like uh, MapQuest or whatever, and, uh, you know, which would give you directions. And, you know, you'd print those out so you could look at the stuff. And now it's just straight, simple GPS. Yeah. Um, that, that, like, will just give you automatically so that when you miss your turn, which I often do, it'll, it'll like, recalculate and say, okay, you need to do this now. Uh, I wonder. I wonder what the next step in um, travel conveniences will be. Um, I mean, I, I wonder. Will we get self-driving cars for real sometime? That's what everyone always talks about. Well, I guess we'll see in a decade or so. 
it's we it's weird in that it seems like technology has both it seems like it's both made really big strides but at the same time when i compare think about what things are like you know 10 years ago i'm like i don't know things don't didn't seem that different even though there were a bunch of big things so it, it kind of feels like a weird sort of yeah there's all this stuff but at the same time maybe not mm -hmm. i mean it seems like yeah it's more like a convenience i mean you think about how your um, cell phone is more advanced than the computer we had like 20 years ago. Or how how the computer that got people to the moon is like 1,000 times less powerful than an iPhone. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm just like thinking... Even just now, when you look at some of the basic games from back, and, and you realize, again, your phone can have, is capable of more complex stuff. Now, to be fair, a lot of times it's because the games you'll download on the phone require, are constantly doing internet access and are, you know, moving stuff back and forth, at, at, which your old computer couldn't necessarily do because internet was nowhere near as good then. And that would be back then, of course, when you couldn't use the phone while you were on the internet. Oh, man. I just, I, I like, just wonder sometimes, what exactly is it like to be a kid growing up nowadays? Hmm. Yeah, I well. Would, going through the last two and a half years, yeah, that, that would have ruined my childhood. Hmm. So, uh. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy that I I wasn't born this time around this time because I all those restrictions itself it was just ridiculous. I will say that if there was any time in my life for coronavirus to hit, it happened up until that point. It was the it wasn't a good time for me, obviously. Well, I mean, it wasn't really a good time for anyone, but it was probably the best point in my life up until that point for it to uh, actually happen. Um, because, because, like, I, the job I have now is, like, it requires a lot less uh, direct contact with people than the ones I had before it did. Mm -hmm. Um... But yeah, I was just thinking more in regards to like technology and stuff, you know, like w when I was in, I, I like remember when like the computers were sort of a new thing in um, school and, uh, oh, this was, I don't know what game, what, we actually had some games on them. One of them was uh, the Incredible Machine. Well, technically I think it was the even more Incredible Machine. And it's weird because that game had, um, that game had it, back then like copy protection in that um, the instruction what would happen every time you would turn you would start playing it and you got to the title screen it would say okay look on this page of the instruction booklet for like the code and you would have to put in the code for that and then you could play but of course you know no one had them at the school but well, I think this was actually me who did it because I did have a copy of the game and had that. And we figured out that if you were, there's a little opening animation thing. 
And what code it asks you for depends on when you like click to bypass it. So if you wait until the right point and then went to the tile screen, it would always ask you for the same code and you just had to remember that. By the way, the Incredible Machine was a great game. You can, uh, I think it's, I think it's possible to buy them, although it might not, I, I don't know how well it would work on newer computers on, um, good old games. The guy who made it later made something called, a uh, more recent one called Contraption Maker, and that's on there. I think it's all, no, I think it's only on Steam, but, um, that, that's a good game, and I would recommend that. Contraption Maker. Um, yeah, so, well, that was our, uh, our requisite um, tangent, I guess. Um, okay, anything else to say about The Amazing Race? Nope, that's about it. Okay, well, um, that has been our podcast then. Uh, wow, we ended up talking quite a bit, considering we didn't have any tsunami stuff to cover, but I guess we did have a movie to talk about and tangents to go off on. Um, and I guess that would be it then. So we'll see you next week for, uh, we'll have some Yashihime to be talking about in One Piece and, uh, oh boy, one episode of One Piece instead of two, it'll be like watching half an episode. <laughs> but Made in Abyss and our other shows and, uh, yeah, we'll see you for all of that, uh, next week. Bye me.